Welcome to Easier Movement, Happier Horses. I'm Mary DeBono, your movement and mindset coach. If you'd like to have flexible, balanced movement, a relaxed, confident mindset, and a joyful connection with your horse, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share what I've learned over the past 30 years of helping improve the performance and partnership of horses and their humans. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number four of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. My name is Mary DeBono, and I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, you'll learn how your horse has habits too. So, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about your habits, your habits of movement and posture, and your habits of thought, right? Those were episodes two and three. And how many of your habits may not be very healthy for your body and your mind, and they can interfere with your riding goals and also other life goals as well. Well, your horse also has habits, and many of them are not helpful to you or your horse. So, in this episode, you'll learn how to identify habits that your horse may have, and you'll also learn a simple, gentle, very effective, hands on move that you can do with your horse to help them break out of patterns that are no longer serving them, okay? And so as your horse's partner, all of this will just help to serve and delight you as well, right? The more choice that your horse has, the more choice that you have in your life, the better for all of you. So for the purposes of our episode, we're gonna call an unhealthy habit is something that, it's like your horse is just doing automatically, It's either a way that they're standing, so like a postural habit, or a way that they move. For example, maybe your horse bent, your horse bends easier to one side. It's very common. Or, you know, they travel with haunches in one way, or they have a tendency to hollow their back at times or pop a shoulder. I mean, there's many, many different kinds of movement habits. And then there's also other kind of habits, like maybe your horse really works his or her jaw, plays with their tongue, grinds her teeth, you know, things like that can be our habits as well. So if you think about it, unhealthy habits, they really interfere with freedom and flexibility because they limit choice, okay? They're compulsive, right? Your horse is acting on autopilot when she does a a habit. So you can think about that the neural connections are really deeply entrenched with a habit. It's like they're in a rut, okay? So I'll give you an example from my own horse. My horse, Breeze, he came to me as a rescue. He had a very long history of a lot of abuse previously. And um, he so he had a lot of, I'll just use the word baggage from that. And I worked with him and really great stuff. We did all positive reinforcement training, which I'm a huge advocate for. And it helped him so much, he got over almost everything. But there was one remnant that he kept. It was every time I put the halter on him, he would do what I call his anxiety mouth. So you know the thing that horses do, they kind of work their jaw. Oftentimes they're doing it when they're stressed or for some other reason like that. It's a way to kind of self-medicate, self-soothe, if you will. And so he, meanwhile, he was loving all the things we were doing together and he would come, you know, walking or trotting over, put his head in the halter. But as soon as he felt the halter on his head, that negative association was so strong, you know, based on what had happened to him prior to me partnering with him, that 
it's like automatically those neural connections just fired away and he'd start to do his jaw thing, his anxiety mouth. And, you know, it only lasted a few seconds. And then as soon as I, you know, finished buckling it up and went off, we'd go, he'd stop doing it. But so it would be easy to overlook. It'd be like, Mary, what's the big deal? He's doing this mouth thing. Who cares? You know, it leaves him. But I knew, I knew that the fact that he was still like neurologically tied to that bad feeling, to that negative association, meant that it was still in his body and it was still in his mind. So at some level, that old trauma was still there because he was still displaying that, right? That that habit was so strong for him. So fortunately, I was able to change his association to that and he stopped doing it, which was really, really awesome. But that's just one example that of something that seems like just a little habit that you, you know, it would be understandable if you just overlooked. But I don't think we should because think about that. Then that's how your horse, for example, maybe your horse kind of resists when you put the bridle on or they have an issue with, you know, girthiness is very common. So they respond very negatively when they see the saddle or when you start doing up your your girth or your cinch. And you could think, oh, well, just get over that. It's only a minute, you know, seconds or whatever. And you could easily overlook that. I don't think that's a good idea because that sets the horse up. They're already kind of primed for physical and emotional resistance. And something that they're not choosing. They're not they're not all in on this, okay? They're displaying a level of dissatisfaction, a level of like I said resistance to it. So, one thing to always remember is that habits, whether they're your habits or your horse's habits, they were an intelligent response to a problem. So they're, a, they're a, a, an attempt to alleviate physical or emotional discomfort, okay, sometimes both. And so they, there was a good reason for the horse or yourself, for example, to develop a habit. The problem when we call these unhealthy habits are when they've outlived their usefulness. So maybe the problem is no longer there, but the horse is still doing the activity like in Breeze's case. He's still doing the mouth thing, Right. Meanwhile, he's all in. He's like, let's go. Let's do this. Matter of fact, he'll start screaming at me if I'm not quick enough to get the halter on him. You know, if I'm not running over to get with the halter fast enough, you know, he starts hollering at me, hurry up, let's go, let's go. But that association was still so strong. So that was an unhealthy habit, right? That wasn't, there was no reason there for him to be like self-soothing, right? Bad things weren't about to happen to him. So, and again, like maybe you've, you've, worked with your horse to make sure that the saddle fit, there's no back pain, there's no ulcers or anything like that, but your horse is still acting girthy. So that's another one. So by the way, the whole girthy thing, that is such, I'm on such a mission about that. I have a whole little program I do that I help horses not only tolerate being saddled, but they actually enjoy it. And the hands-on moves that you do actually improve their physical performance. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. That's a little sidebar. But things like that. So maybe your horse has a tendency to hollow her back when you're riding her, or even when she's moving at liberty, right? That could be a, 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 certainly an unhealthy habit, but it may have probably started, well, it always started from a good reason, maybe to... to um, deal with some kind of back pain, some maybe an unbalanced rider, things like that, right? But if the horse keeps continuing to do that, that can lead to pretty severe damage. So you don't want that. Um, 
I use the example a lot about a horse being stiff to one side because it's so, so common. As a matter of fact, I have a whole blog post where I go into depth about the hands-on stuff you can do to help a horse that is stiff to one side. So that's called how to help your horse bend better. And that'll be in the show notes. So don't worry about taking notes right now. But that's really important. Um, And again, you might want to think of some postural habits. Maybe your horse stands with one leg more in front of the other. Well, maybe there's something going on in the shoulder, the back, the actual hoof itself. Um, Maybe your horse stands with his legs camped out behind him. Right? That can also indicate, you know, back soreness. Or perhaps your horse's habit is that when you when you lift up a, a foot to clean it, you know, so you're lifting up, say, a hind hoof, your horse snatches that hoof up to his belly, right? That's a very common habit as well. And you're thinking, well, I didn't do anything to, you know, I'm not pulling out the leg. Well, maybe in the past someone had. There was some kind of discomfort, some kind of anxiety around that um, that behavior, And so your horse automatically does that. So there could be other avoidance behaviors too. When I first got Breeze, for example, the softest brush, he just wouldn't tolerate. And again, because of his past abuse and he had a lot of injuries. um, So even the softest brush was just something he just didn't want any part of. So, you know, of course we got over that. Or, you know, riding habits, like you might think, well, my horse is heavy on one rein right? Pops a shoulder, leans to the outside going left. I mean, resists one canter lead. I mean, there's so many things. Maybe your horse grinds her teeth, plays with her tongue. All those things are habits. But again, we want to remember that they were created as a solution to a problem, okay? To reduce a problem, to reduce physical or emotional pain. So it's really essential. It's super, super critical that you address the underlying problems first. So if those problems are still present, you need to address them. And this is where like a full-on vet exam is very important and make sure that includes, um, you know, examining the mouth, you know, for dental work that may need to be done, uh, making sure that the hooves are balanced. So work with your vet and your hoof trimmer about that. You know, all the things, you know, saddle fit, bridle fit. A lot of people don't give enough, you know, um, time to thinking about how the bridle, they not just the bit, but the actual head stall, how comfortable is that on your horse? Many horses are uncomfortable with other pieces of tack besides the, the saddle. So we want to look at the whole picture. So you definitely want to make sure your horse doesn't have ulcers. There's no physical pain. There's no emotional pain. You want to look at your horse's environment, Right? Make sure your horse has the proper socialization opportunities, freedom to move around, you know, freedom to be a horse, consistent feeding, so they're not going without food for long periods of time, all the things, you know, for good husbandry. So you want to make sure all of those are addressed first. And then we want to think about how we can help your horse release any of these bad habits they're, they're holding on to. So the first step is helping the, the nervous system be aware of the habit first. Okay. Because for example, you know, the the nervous system is designed to keep us safe, whether we're a horse or a human. So it has to kind of decide what, what sensations are important and they, they need to be alarmed about, need to do something about and what they can just go, oh, that's, that happens all the time. We can just tune that out. So for, to, for an example, for people, like we tend to wear clothes all the time, right? So we're wearing clothes every day. If we had to like keep thinking about the sensation of clothes, 
that's all we'd be thinking about, right? So your brain has learned to tune that out. Your brain is like, oh yeah, you know, she wears clothes, that's fine. We just tune that out. It's only if you wore something that's maybe itchy or something that feels like, you know, different, maybe some kind of silk or, or, or something that feels different than normal. Then your brain would be a little more attentive to it, right? It would say, that's different. So you'd be more aware. So again, we tend to tune out the familiar. It's, it's the way we, you know, can deal with all the data that's coming into our brains all the time. So your horse does the same thing. Your horse's brain is going to tune out what's habitual. So once your horse develops a strong habit, they're often just completely unaware. It's deeply entrenched into their neurology and they're just acting on autopilot, okay? What's important to remember is that this isn't something that you correct a horse out of. Okay, that's not how that works, right? What you want to do is help your horse become aware of it. And I'll show you how to do that. And then safely and gently explore other options. You can't force it, okay? Your horse won't learn anything positive if he's feeling anxious, uncomfortable, or anything like that. You want to think about creating a a learning state with comfort and relaxation instead. So step number one, Start to slow down and notice your horse's habits. How does your horse respond when you're putting on the the halter, for example? How does your horse lead next to you? And of course, it's going to be different in different situations, but start to notice things. How does your horse react when you start to groom your horse? When you start to saddle your horse? When you, you know, pick up the reins and start to ride your horse, when you first mount your horse, does your horse want to move away from the mounting block? And do you say, no, 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 come back here. You know, what are your horse's automatic habits? Really start to slow down and pay attention to that. And then know that just like for you, we talked about this in episode two, not about habitual movements and sensations can wake up your horse's brain and help your horse get out of autopilot right? So that opens the door to to releasing unhealthy habits and learning new, healthier ways to move and act, okay? So that first step is awareness. And I'll invite you to approach this with a sense of what I call compassionate curiosity. So it's not correcting, it's not judging, right? We tend to judge, we judge ourselves all the time. Oh my gosh, I should have noticed this earlier. Oh, I'm a, I'm a terrible horse person, right? Or we, we, we want to judge our horse. Oh my gosh, look how stiff he is, look how tight he is, right? No, 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 no. You want to approach this with a sense of compassionate curiosity. You're compassionate to yourself and your horse. It's not about correcting anything or judging. It's just you're being curious, right? So we're creating a learning state for you and your horse. It's comfortable. It's relaxed. It's a curious state. No rigid agenda, Matter of fact, when you think about this, when you're thinking about like how you approach your horse, notice your thoughts. Are you open to new possibilities for yourself and your horse? Do you believe that your horse can improve? Okay. A lot of times we have such fixed you know, thoughts. We have a fixed mindset about things. You want to be in this idea of this growth mindset that you and your horse can improve at any age. Okay. And despite whatever condition you're dealing with, improvement is possible. And again, always remembering that the habit was an intelligent response to a problem, right? So correcting it through pressure just leads to increased stress and actually a transference of of damaging compensation. So you'll just, the horse will just transfer the the compensation to someplace else, okay? 
So let's use the example of a horse that bends more easily to one side. Now, you can force your horse to bend to the more difficult side, right? You can use more leg, you could put on a spur, you can use your whip, you know, you can insist that your horse bend, okay, in the way that that she's resisting. And you may succeed in doing it, right? Your horse may bend, but you'll probably damage your horse's trust in you. You literally won't have your horse's back if you do that, you know? You, you will literally break that trust bond, okay? You're not supporting and guiding your horse if you're insisting on that, right? You're, get, you're working against the wisdom of the, of the horse's body to force that movement. If the horse is saying, I need to protect that, and you're saying, you need to do this, right? That can create a lot of anxiety in your horse. And you're also increasing the likelihood that your horse is going to learn to tune you out, going to tune out your aids. You'll have to use, you know, increasingly stronger and stronger aids to get your horse to listen to you, right? You're breaking that communication and trust. So I don't, I don't, I don't encourage that at all. And think about this. In addition to the potential damage to your relationship, that, you know, repeated movements that have to be forced like that, they're just going to create physical limitations somewhere else in your horse's body. So your horse will have to strain somewhere else to get that bend. It won't be an elegant, efficient, healthy movement, okay? And it won't feel good to your horse. And who wants that? I don't think as true partners to our horses, we don't want that sense of force. We don't want a slave-human relationship, right? We want a true partner. So there are much kinder, healthier ways to improve your horse's movement. So again, go see my blog post. Um, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's called How to Help Your Horse Bend Better. It's at marydebono.com. And again, I'll link to it in the show notes. So don't worry about taking notes right now. So to use another example, just say you want your horse to stand square and your horse never stands square on, on her own, right? If you force her to stand square, if you teach her that you'll tap her with the whip if she's not standing square, and you're not improving her body first, so standing square is easy, right? You're not really helping her, okay? Same thing as we said, if you're correcting a horse for complaining about being girthed up, right? If you don't make that easier and kinder and, you know, enjoyable for your horse, right? You're just forcing your horse to tolerate something. So I don't encourage that. I've worked with so many horses over the years that had issues with being girthed up. And there were so many that the, the people were well-meaning, but they would do things like just put the horse in short cross ties so the horse couldn't bite them. You know, and the horse would be pinning his ears and stomping his feet, swishing his tail, you know, sometimes cow kicking, whatever. And the person would just like do it, get it over with, and just tell the horse, you know, stop it. You need to get over this. And they weren't slowing down and really listening to the horse. So I encourage you, whatever the habit is that you'd like to help your horse, you know, come out of to release, that you really slow down and listen to your horse. So start to notice your horse's habits, the postural habits, the habits around haltering, leading, grooming, saddling, right? Work that you might do in hand, you know, groundwork, liberty, li liberty play, as I call it, instead of liberty work. You know, what are the habits around that? What habits are your, does your horse have under saddle? What habits does your horse have, you know, in the pasture, around feeding time? Think of all of those habits. Start to pay attention. And now here's a, it's a non-habitual activity that you can do with your horse that can 
improve your horse's body awareness and increase communication between you and really build that strong, trusting connection between you and your horse. So this is super simple and it's something that you can just easily blend into your day. You don't have to do it every day, but it's useful to do, you know, on a consistent basis. So just say you're taking your horse out and you're going to groom your horse. So I'm going to say, instead of grabbing your favorite brush to start grooming your horse, start by simply noticing how your horse is standing. Does your horse seem relaxed and content? Is she anxious and anticipatory? Maybe she's excited. Maybe she seems peeved, right? So notice how she's standing. Without asking her to square up, just notice. What does she do naturally? And then if you want to ask her to stand square, maybe once, just to see, because maybe she just kind of settled into a funny posture. But then if she comes out of that, leave her alone, right? And, you know, if you normally groom and cross ties, I prefer the horse to have a little more freedom, only if it's safe for you and the horse to do so. So if there's a way to give your horse a little more freedom, maybe work with your horse in a stall or in a small corral or you know, um, single tie your horse only again, only if it's if it's safe for you and the horse. But it's nice then to allow them to have a little more freedom so they can choose how they really want to be. Okay. So now let's get started with the actual what I call body scan. So instead of brushing the dust off your horse, just take your hands, both hands, And slowly and and lightly, just slide your hands over your horse's body. So you're going to start where your horse is most comfortable. So for some of you, that's going to be the shoulder area, right? Maybe your horse doesn't want to have your hands right up behind the pole because then yours may not know what you're about to do. So you need to let your horse's responses guide your hands, okay? Your horse is the boss here. So you start wherever you think your horse is comfortable. For many people, I actually encourage them to start in their horses, at their horse's back, somewhere where it's just very simple to start, where the horse doesn't have any anxiety. Now, maybe your horse has anxiety about the back. If the back is sore, that could, that could certainly be the case. So again, it's really important that you take direction from your horse. This is a great way to build a true partnership with your horse. You're building that trust and you're enhancing communication because you're listening. Now it's a true dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not you telling your horse what you want. It's your horse being able to give you feedback and you and you actually acting on that feedback, right? And unfortunately, that's actually not habitual for a lot of horses. They're used to just taking orders from us and not being able to to say what's on their mind, how they feel about it. So as you're sliding your hands over your horse very slowly, make sure your hands are very soft, right? Think of them melting into your horse's body, okay? And again, just we're not judging anything. And you may not know, if you haven't done this before, you may not know what you should be feeling. But as you do it more and more, you'll start to notice that there's parts of your horse's body that feel softer than other parts, right? And if you can just gently lift the, like pause every few inches even and pause there, feel the muscle, allow the hands to melt into your horse's body and then just lightly lift, lift generally up in the direction of your horse's spine, maybe a little towards the head, but you're going to just feel where it's easy, 
where does the muscle go to? You know, we went, we talked about this in episode number one, this question that I encourage you to say over and over, how can this feel easier? So as you're doing this, you're thinking, how can these gentle lifts feel easier and easier? And and I want to point out, I have a video that shows you how to do this on your with your horse's back. And um, I'll give you the link to that at the at the end. But you'll learn, you'll see how I'm demonstrating this. So you get a better sense of it. But really start to pay attention to how your horse feels under your hands. Right. And again, the more often you do this, and the more horses you get to do this with, the more you'll be able to detect subtle differences in your horse's muscle tone, you know, and how tense they are, maybe how some muscles are more developed than, than others. Many times I see that horses are more developed on one side of the body than the other. Maybe one hind leg has more of a development because they're using that more than its than its pair. So those are things to to notice. And, you know, you're helping your horse become aware of them as well, helping your horse get out of autopilot and being more aware of their body. Okay. So notice where your horse especially appreciates your contact and, and wants you to hang out there, maybe really appreciates that gentle lifting you're doing with your hands. And then also notice where your horse might be a bit anxious. Okay. And, you know, and just move on. If you don't insist on touching a your horse where they're anxious, okay? If he rathers you not touch him there, just move on. Your job right now is to get information about your horse and provide your horse with pleasant sensations, okay? It's not about insisting your horse tolerate something, okay? You want your horse to process this new sensory information in a positive way. They can only do that when they're feeling comfortable and relaxed, Okay, so resist the urge to scrape off mud or manure. You can groom your horse later. This is about just sensing your horse, scanning his or her body. So remember, not only is it cruel to to cause your horse anxiety. So if they're not comfortable with you being someplace and you insist on it, right, it's not helpful. It just reinforces your horse's idea that He or she needs to protect himself or herself. So really remember that you're letting your horse guide your hands. And now pay attention to your sensations, both your internal and your external. In other words, notice how you're breathing. Notice how your horse is breathing. Can you toggle back and forth between sensing yourself and sensing your horse? And can you also be aware of your environment? Okay, that's a real safety issue when you're, especially when you're around horses. So it's not like you want to, don't ever just close your eyes and kind of like zone out with your horse, right? You need to be aware of your internal sensations, how your horse feels, and also how the wider environment is, okay? And as you're asking yourself this, and you're asking yourself, how can this feel easier? Notice where you can release tension. Okay. Can you make your hands, can you allow your hands to be softer? Can you release tension in your arms, your shoulders, your neck, your back, your jaw, maybe your feet? Again, you're going to ask, how can this feel easier? Right? Where can you reduce tension? So this body scan can go a long way in helping improve your horse's awareness of their muscular habits, okay? How they hold themselves without thinking, right? Those compulsive habits. 
So that's step number one in helping your horse change is getting that awareness. So you'll start to be more aware of your horse's habits. Again, the postural habits, the movement habits, the habits of just, you know, how they hold their muscular tension, right? As well as this can help increase the awareness and start, it's the first step in helping your horse release the tension. Because as you're gently scanning your, you know, with your hands and then stopping and lifting those muscles, the horse's brain actually gets a signal that says, oh, someone else is doing the work of holding this muscle. I can release it. So that's really, really important. We want to give the horse a sense of support, a sense of relief. Okay. That's a great way to, to, it's like step number one in releasing those harmful habits of tension that your horse may have. So anyway, let's just summarize this episode. Okay. I know it was a lot of stuff there. So step number one, you're going to slow down and really notice your horse's habits. Okay. And then notice your habits too. And your habits, you know, not just of movement and posture, but also your habits of thought. And ask yourself, what habits that you have affect your horse? So what, what, what are some of your habits that impact your horse? So they could be postural habits, habits of movement, maybe sitting heavier on one side of your pelvis, you know, waiting one seat bone more than the other, maybe even how you walk, right? Certainly the intentions you hold in your head affect your horse, your thoughts, any kind of critical negative thinking is going to impact your horse too. And also you can impact your horse, obviously, in very positive ways. So you want to be aware of that. And then you learned how you can increase your horse's body awareness and provide support to your horse's muscles, right? Which we know can help them gently release by doing a body scan with your horse. Okay. So that lesson we just went through, we call a body scan. So be mindful of your own sensations as you do the body scan. Remember to take direction from your horse and embrace compassionate curiosity rather than, you know, correction. We're not correcting We're, you know, curiously supporting and exploring, not correcting. So I like to think about these three words as I work with horses. Sense, move, connect. Okay, so let's break that down. Sensing and moving create connection. So when when I talk about sensing, I mean really tuning into yourself and to your horse. Okay, really going deep, feeling you know, what's happening under your hands, what's happening internally to you and your horse. And then the moving bit, you think, well, we're just doing a body scan. We're not really moving. Well, I consider any kind of movement within the horse to be movement. So in other words, you're lifting the muscles. There's movement there, right? You're supporting, you're passively moving that muscle. So that's moving. So you're gently lifting and supporting that muscle. When you do the sensing and the moving, And that deep level and you're tuning in like that, that creates a very deep connection with your horse. Okay. So that's a connection at the level of the nervous system. It's a deep level of connection. And it can only be done when you're fully present in the moment. You're tuning into yourself, you're tuning into your horse, and it's like you truly become one. Over time, what what I find tends to happen is that your horse's sensations are almost felt internally to you. You, you just become that lovely, um, you know, being one with your horse, like, like a centaur almost, 
not that crazy image of a centaur, but you know what I mean, where you're becoming more one with your horse, that your brain kind of takes on the, the, um, your, your brain's body map basically expands to include your horse. And this is actually, they've proven this with different brain imaging scans and things that they do that, you know, accomplished equestrians really feel that, that they feel their horse's movements as if they're feeling their own. Okay. So think of the same thing when you're doing hands-on work with your horse as well. That it's, you know, you're becoming such like as one nervous system, if you will, and you're that tuned into your horse. And again, making sure you're aware of your environment, your outside environment as well. Very, very important. So this is a great way to enhance your feel. You know, feel is such an important concept. It's such an important um, skill to have if you're going to be a good horse person, right? So this is a great way to improve your abilities as a horse person, as well as to help your horse be more comfortable, be more relaxed, and be able to physically and emotionally do, you know, the the things that you want to do with your horse to engage willingly and um, very easily with you. Again, we want to always think of increasing choice with your horse. So this increases your horse's ability to have more freedom and more flexibility in their body and in their mind. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. Please, 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 I have those free videos for you. So if you go to marydebono.com forward slash horse, easy to remember, marydebono.com forward slash horse. There we can get you all sorted out to get the free videos, okay? It's going to show you, you know, uh, me working with a horse, doing the, the gentle lifts on a horse's, with a horse's back, right? And there's also other, other videos in there too. There's where I'm gently doing this with a horse's neck. Um, there's one, a different one where we're doing what we call rib accordions with the horse's rib cage to help with the bending. And all of that will get you sorted out. There's other stuff there for you as well. There's Feldenkrais for humans. There's mindset stuff. You'll love it. But go to marydebono.com forward slash horse to get that. And then the show notes for this episode will be on marydebono.com forward slash H4. So that's horse four, but just H4. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. I just love sharing this information with you. And I hope you you take it, put it into practice. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, my email is mary at marydebono.com. So thanks again. Can't wait to talk to you once more. Have a wonderful week. See you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. Remember to grab your free video masterclass for riders at marydebono.com forward slash rider. You'll get three easy, effective exercises to improve your back, hips, position, and posture. People love these videos. It's important for riders and non-riders alike. I'm Mary DeBono. Go have fun with your horses. Bye for now.